Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debates, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadiens Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Uh, this is episode 83 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, the Alish Hemsky edition. And I'm pleased to be joined by the Alish Hemsky to my Eric Bertrand, uh, Mr. Rick Stevens. Uh, how's it going today, Rick? I'm doing uh, just great. Thanks. Um... We we said at, at the uh, just before we went on air that um, Alish Hemsky. Okay, we all know Alish Hemsky. We all know that was a an unmitigated disaster. That was uh, somebody that uh, Mark Bergevin somehow thought was going to fill in on the top line on the right side. Uh, didn't quite work out. Seven games and uh, a clear uh, stat sheet, other than ten penalty minutes, but. Um, it was clear he wasn't going to um, he wasn't going to work out, and uh, a little bit of an injury and so on. But that was that was a bit of a disaster. Eric Bertrand, I I said before we came on, you stumped me. Uh, usually I <laughs> I have a I remember these guys. Um, and this one um, I I don't know. I just don't know. Um, it, it it took eighty three yeah. episodes, but we finally got there. Rick doesn't know one of the players, <laughs> and neither do I, by the way, but th- that's happened before where I don't know the guy. But this is ep- uh, episode 83, first time Rick Stevens <laughs> has been stumped. I had to look him up, and um, he played three games for the Montreal Canadiens in the 2000-2001 season. Um, wasn't a member of the, uh, you know, the, the AHL team the year before, so th- this one is is interesting and um, uh, a, a local Quebec player and at four five years of age uh, is still playing, according to uh, the notes, uh, still playing in the um, L-A-A-H, L-N-A-H, and, and that's that Quebec League, that semi-pro uh, Quebec League that's kind of a cross between hockey and WWE. Um, wow, it's, it's a rough <laughs> league. It's a really rough league. Uh, he's also coaching part-time head coach. So, um, yeah, if, if you remember Eric Bertrand, uh, let, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what the show is about. Ultimately it's uh, connecting, uh, with both of us along with, uh, you lovely audience as well. Um, but Rick, what a jam-packed show that we have, and that has been true of, of every week, basically, uh, since the pause of the NHL season. We've had a lot of news to talk about, but I think this week takes the cake in terms of overall variety of news and pure quantity of news that we have. Um, first and foremost, we'll, we'll just run down some of the things that we're going to be talking about, and obviously, what we've been talking about the last few weeks is Alexander Romanoff, and yesterday... He signed his entry-level deal with the Montreal Canadiens, so we're going to be talking about that. 
obviously, but we have a lot of other signings and, and other interesting news and notes. And, uh, and I think probably the most uh, we, we, we have in terms of announcements about, you know, the impact of the coronavirus and, and cancellations and, and postponements and things of that nature and, and just updates on the resumption of play as well. So we have got a, a lot to get to here in this show. So I think it would be uh, would be wise to just start right now. Um, as I said, the Montreal Canadiens signing Alexander Romanoff. We're going to talk about that in segment two and, and talk about where he fits in and, and what to really expect from him. Uh, but Rick, initial reactions uh, of that signing? Well, it's expected. Um, it is. Uh, it was something that was going to happen um, uh, at some point. We, we just didn't know when. We knew that it couldn't happen until May first. Um, and it's it's something that even now um, the contract has not been yet filed. It's been announced, but it's not yet been filed with the NHL. Because um, the Canadians don't know if uh, right now he's not eligible to uh, to participate should the season re- resume, unless the rules around that change. Um, but um, so the Canadians are holding off submitting that contract, not knowing if it's going to apply for the, the current season, current pause season, or or next season. Um, but you know, my goodness, we've, we've, uh, heard all kinds of, of, uh, comparisons, all kinds of hype and, uh, the, the Canadian fan base is really excited to see Alexander Romanoff in the lineup. And, uh, we'll, as, as you've, uh, kind of previewed, we'll, uh, we'll go through what, what we think we might be able to expect, uh, in segment two. Yeah, absolutely. And and another thing that we'll touch on in segment two as well, because the Montreal Canadiens, with, with the signing of Alexander Romanoff, it's, it's, it's pretty much common knowledge that the Montreal Canadiens need some help on the back end. And one of the sources where some Habs fans were pointing was Mikko Linen as one of the best defensemen, highly regarded defensemen, the, not in the NHL. Uh, he signed a deal to come play in North America as well this week. Uh, but it was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The rival Toronto Maple Leafs signed a one-year deal. And and we're going to be getting into that as well. But we talked about him a little bit last week. And, and Rick, I, I think there was, uh, there was a little bit of disappointment amongst Habs fans that he was, especially that he was going to the Leafs. And when you look at what the Montreal Canadiens need, he sort of fits the bill, does he not? He does. Um, you know, you couldn't write uh, on paper, you couldn't write a better fit um, he's, as you said, considered the, the best defenseman in Europe, uh, left shot defenseman, played on the left side in, in the KHL. Um, he's a, a puck moving defenseman. He plays as a good two way game. He's uh, got an accurate shot. He um, uh, can quarterback power play all the kinds of things that the Canadians need and, and sounds like he would be, um, a candidate for fitting that, that vacant uh, top spot on the left side. Uh, but, you know, it was the Leafs who swooped in there and, uh, and signed him. And, and again, well, as, as we kind of put this puddle of the Canadians defense together uh, in a second segment, um, we will, we'll have more to say about him then, but, but definitely um, it was, you know, we talked about this last week, episode 82 and, and, 
um, said that, um, you know, he would certainly fill the bill for the Canadians. And, and uh, within a short time after last week's episode, we found out that he was, he had uh, signed and signed a, an entry uh, level deal of, um, uh, you know, a, a cost efficient deal uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And uh, moving moving on to another defenseman who isn't coming to North America. He is staying overseas, staying where he is, staying in the KHL. And this one has got a link to Alexander Romanov because this was a guy who played with Romanov. And a lot of people looked at him as potentially being a guy who could come over to North America with the Montreal Canadiens organization and ease the transition for Romanov. But that, that will not be happening because... Alexi Marchenko is staying in the KHL as he signed a, a one-year deal with Locomotive. Uh, so, Rick, that that thought of potentially having Romanov and Marchenko uh, does it's not going to be happening now. <laughs> all of our, all of our plans are all of our perfectly <laughs> laid in plans. Uh, now, this we talked about in two weeks ago in episode eighty-one. Yeah. Um, Marchenko, uh, again, a uh, 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 28-year-old uh, defenseman, lots of experience, and has NHL experience, um, plays on the right side, um, played with uh, Romanov, uh, the Central Red Army team. Um, he announced that he would not be re-signing with that team, so there's a bit of an excitement, and it was rumored that the Canadians were interested um, how great would it be to have Martenko on, on the right side on that third pairing uh, with Romanov to ease his transition and, and have someone uh, who has size and, and, um, and uh, experience and NHL experience uh, to be able to help him uh, help Romanov in his transition. Uh, but um, that didn't work out either. As you said, uh, Marchenko not continuing with, with Red Army, but uh, moving over to Locomotive in the KAL for next season. Yeah, and, uh, and sticking with defensemen, uh, <laughs> Jordan Harris, a prospect of the Montreal Canadiens, we saw at the World Juniors for USA. Uh, he's going back to Northeastern University for the 2020-2021 season. So that has also uh, been reported this week and, and, and confirmed, uh, headed back to the Huskies for Jordan Harris, which will be uh, another valuable year of experience and uh, perhaps not the defenseman that Habs fans have been monitoring, uh, you know, the closest, but still somebody to keep an eye on if you're a Habs fan. Well, I, th- I think that's a good point. Um, not the defenseman that the Habs have been, uh, Habs fans have been talking about, um, but should have been. Um, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Harris uh, going back to Northeastern for his, uh, third year uh, in the NCAA, and and that that of course is the right, right decision. But if you look back to um, uh, Scott Wheeler, I believe, who put out his his team rankings of prospects, and the Canadians, I believe, came second in that. Uh, but he also uh, within the teams uh, ranked the prospects. Uh, Cole Caulfield, uh, Cole Caulfield uh, came out number one in that in um, uh, Wheeler's evaluations. Uh, Alexander Romanov was number three of Canadians' prospects, but who was number two ahead of Romanov? Jordan Harris. Um, so uh, he is someone to uh, really. Uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, an eye on him um, uh, next season whenever that begins for. 
Uh, but uh, let's let's start mentioning his name more often because uh, he's he's really smart. He's really talented, and uh, I think we're going to be hearing more uh, from him. And and just while we're while we're at it, uh, just so that um, so that we mention all three of the Canadians' top prospects in this show, um, <laughs> according to Wheeler. Uh, let's mention, we talked about it a bit on, uh, from the press box uh, on Tuesday, uh, but news came out that Cole Caulfield uh, won the Mark Johnson Rookie of the Year. The Rookie of the Year award for the team, the team award, the Wisconsin, um, University of Wisconsin Badgers hockey team gave out their internal awards, and um, uh, Cole Caulfield, uh, maybe not a surprise, was, was uh, handed the uh, Rookie of the Year award. Um, I think um, the disappointment there was that um, uh, he wasn't, and and maybe a reflection of his season, and maybe a reflection that he needs to go back, he didn't get any other awards. And um, I thought it was interesting. Um, Tony Granato, the the head coach of of Wisconsin, said, um, uh, listen to this quote, he played the game the right way. Every game he plays, Every time he practices, his intensity, his competitiveness, his production, his team spirit, he's one of those players who had a year where he deserved the MVP award. And I want that. I want Tony to be talking about Cole Caulfield. He wasn't. He was talking about Roman Ashan. Um, and, and that's – I. Um, Tony goes on to say, Roman was the grit of our team. He was able to produce at the right time. He's the energy of our team. I want to hear him say that about Cole Caulfield, and I want Cole Caulfield to have that as his goal in the next year when he goes back to Wisconsin. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's part of the development as well, is not only the development of his overall game, but the development of, of, his, of his personality, of uh, his, his role within a team. So that'll be something to monitor as well uh, going forward. Um, and, and finally, the, the last little bit of news uh, in terms of like a transaction uh, was that the uh, Laval Rocket have signed Liam Howell to a one-year, one-way AHL contract. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick uh, by Dallas in 2017, so a 21-year-old. Um, what do you think of this signing for the Rocket? Well, I, I think it's a good signing. Uh, Liam Howell attended the, the Canadians camp uh, last year. Um, he um, moved from the Guelph Storm to the Kitchener Rangers last year. He was an alternate captain with with Kitchener had a very good year in a, in a, in a 54 game shortened season. He had 71 points. Um, he, he moved over where he had played the three previous seasons with the Gulf storm. So he was a teammate of Nick Suzuki um, and Cam Hillis, um, a Canadian's other prospect um, in, in Guelph. Uh, he's, he's got spies, <laughs> six, five, <laughs> Uh, but but just 183 pounds, so a very thin kind of frame. Um, uh, but but skates well, um, shows some skill, um, plays a bit soft. I I think where again I'm going to mention uh, from the press box and coming up on Tuesday we'll go a little deeper into this. Um, but um, happy to see the Rocket um, uh, active. And uh, they've got a number of unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents to make decisions on uh, for the coming year. And, and this is uh, this is a nice set. 
Yeah, and uh, and certainly, as you said, he's he's got some some size. Needs to add a little bit to that frame, but uh, will be something to watch for the Laval Rocket. And getting a guy who's got back-to-back seventy-point seasons under his belt in the OHL, that's that's nothing to uh, to uh, scoff at there. Um, but moving moving on because we had some news about a young member of the Montreal Canadiens, the third round pick in, in or third overall pick, excuse me, in 2018, Yasperi Kotkaniemi, who we haven't really heard a whole lot about since he went down with that spleen injury uh, back before everything was paused. Uh, but Rick, we, we did hear a little bit about Yasperi Kotkaniemi this week. We did, um, and it was uh, um, a question and answer um, uh, from Arpen Basu. And, uh, <laughs> excuse me, somebody asked, um, if the season resumes, will uh, Kotkaniemi be able to play? Will he be cleared to play? Is he, is he ready? Um, and uh, Arpen said um, that he had information, and he, and he was careful to say it didn't come from uh, Jesperi or any of his family members, but that he is unlikely uh, to uh, be ready to play. It's going to take him some time. Um, and what's really odd about this whole thing, we remember it was odd um, that, uh, you know, the Canadians really didn't announce anything about it. They, they kind of let um, Kaki Niemi um, uh, reveal it. Uh, the Rocket didn't really announce anything. Uh, and now the Canadians have have um, kind of refused to answer questions about um, his status. So I, that's that's what's really odd to me. I I, I don't I don't understand um, the the Canadians' uh, radio silence on this whole thing. Um, but his, you know, I think there's also some concern of whether his careers in, would be in jeopardy. I don't think that's the case. But it's going to take him time. Uh, to uh, come back uh, from from this type of injury. Absolutely, and but you're right though. It would be a little bit reassuring to have some more openness and transparency as it pertains to his status going forward. Uh, because when you don't hear anything from an organization, your mind immediately goes to the worst case scenario. But uh, it seems as though, as you said, not a career threatening injury, but it, it is going to take some time. So, uh, but good. Good to hear something about Jesperi Kakiniemi at the very least. Um, one player that we heard a little bit from this week, as uh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, they've continued to do these conference calls, was uh, Charlie Lindgren. And Charlie Lindgren's a very interesting player when it comes to the, the thought on him amongst the fan base. And Charlie Lindgren, uh, he was very confident when he was asked about where he sort of sees himself going and, and he believes that he is ready for a full-time role in the NHL. And, and we've talked about this uh, many times in this podcast, uh, you know, with the likes of Antti Niemi and Keith Kincaid this year that were in front of him. He was not given many opportunities. But when you ask Charlie Lindgren, he believes that he was ready as far back as the fall of, of 2017, November of 2017 to be exact. And when you think back to that month, he had uh, the first four starts he won three out of his first four, and that was including an impressive shutout in Chicago. So it's hard to argue with that, but he, uh, he is very confident going forward, and, and he is ready to, uh, to battle for that backup role. It's, it's really an odd case, and um, 
uh, I understand that that uh, the Canadians, the primary, most of the Canadians fan base has really never seen him play in the AHL, um, and um, you know don't understand what kind of a goaltender he could be. And, and I think the Canadians have failed with respect to his development, uh, impacted his development. Um, playing him when he had a, an injury where, where he clearly wasn't himself uh, w- with the Rocket. Um, and uh, that was last season. And, and um, you know, he had they handled him more effectively, particularly that second year of anti-Niami, uh, Lindgren was probably ready then to make the jump and he would have naturally uh, um, followed a development pattern but we've seen we've talked about this time and time again that transition to the to transition their prospects to the NHL is is not a strength of the Montreal Canadiens they are they were they're lousy at it um and Charlie Lindgren um uh, you know I, I saw online somebody mentioned uh, uh Vasily Denko and, and uh uh, they were ready to de- declare that uh, uh, Demchenko was uh, higher in the uh, depth chart uh, and was a better goaltender than Lindgren, although fully admitted they had never seen Demchenko play before, uh, which you know, there's a lot of this kind of silliness, um, absolute silliness. I, I, and I think too, you know, when you talk about Stefan and Wait, um, he's seen as a bit of a, a god in the goaltending community, and and uh, and and for the most part, uh, with justifiably so. But we also know that um, Wait was wrong on on Devin Dubnik. Uh, he was wrong on Antti Niemi, and he was wrong on Keith Kincaid. Um, and um, when others were, you know, could have told you, um, he, um, he, whether it's Stefan, wait, cause we know, we know that, uh, the goaltending coach in, in, uh, Laval is really high on, on Charlie Lindgren and believes in him as much as, as Charlie does. Um, but I think, I think we're going to see, uh, Charlie Lindgren, um, probably not get his opportunity. Uh, he says he's he's ready for a um, 100% NHL full-time position, and he's talking about a backup. He's not talking about being yeah. a starter. Um, uh, but I think we're going to see that. It's more likely that we'll see that with um, another team rather than the Montreal Canadiens. Um, when you talk to... Uh, uh, his team, his teammates, as he said, all his teammates are can't say enough about his work ethic, about his focus, about his concentration, about being a good teammate. Um, and so, and Carrie's had uh, some good words for for Charlie as well. Uh, but for whatever reason, and there's a block in the, and I think it's it with Claude Julien, um, um, and he has he has blocks about certain people. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, it, it's, it's, uh, I, I wish Charlie all the best. He's, he's, uh, he's, um, a, a good hockey player. He's a better human being. And, um, and it's unfortunate that he has to be the one that, um, is coming out and saying that he deserves an opportunity. I re- really wish it was, um, 
uh, Mark Bergevin or Claude Julian saying the same thing. Now I think I I think we've lost Joseph um, temporarily. Temporarily he'll be back. Uh, I'm I'm sure. Um, Joe, just if you, uh, once you're back, just chime in. Uh, I I think next um, on the list, staying with the goaltending theme, uh, was a story that just kind of popped up, um, and and it's it's I took it as as very humorous. Um, Jerry Cheevers. Uh, Jerry Cheevers was a goaltender for the Boston Bruins in the seventies. Um, and Jerry Cheevers, probably most known for his, his mask, uh, rather than uh, his goaltending talents, his mask having um, what would have been um, uh, stitches. It was a white mask with stitches drawn on it where he would have received stitches had he not been wearing a mask. I think that was how it went. Um, but uh, it was Jerry Cheevers who... Um, was talking about uh, in a in a in a virtual town hall situation. Um, was talking about uh, the, the goaltenders that he respects, and and he talked about Jacques Plante and Terry Sawchuk, and who wouldn't? Um, and when he talks about goaltenders today, of course he's a you know he's a tried and true uh, a Bruins fan, um, and. Uh, uh, will stick with with the Bruins, so he talked about how much he loves Tuukka Rask, um, and he said he's he's probably the top two or three now. When he was asked about Carey Price, um, and that's where uh, that's where we pick up the story, and that's the headline that was spread around on social media. Cheever said. Price loses certain games that he shouldn't lose, um, and that was, and he and he went on to say that that um, uh, he's not a big Price fan at all. Interestingly, in the article, and this is this is a Boston writer, Jenny Murphy, um, that that um, uh, even even Jimmy Murphy, a Boston writer, Bruins uh, beat reporter said he thought that was was rather ironic because um you know not winning the big games or or winning uh, losing games he should win uh is the knock on Tukarask um and so i just i mean i think you have to consider the source um it was it's Jerry Cheevers he still has not gotten over uh, the, the upset loss uh, to the Canadians that uh, we remember the um, uh, Bruins were heavy favorites. Uh, they had breezed through the, the regular season uh, back in that 7-71 year. And, and, um, and then a, a, a fellow came named Ken Dryden got called up and played playoffs for the Canadians and upset the Bruins. And, Cheevers was so upset that um, he he wrote a book on on the affair. So uh, I think this this these these bad feelings, these bad uh, uh, comments about the Canadian Carey Price have deep 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 roots from uh, Jerry Cheevers. Uh, so uh, <laughs> not not unexpected uh, from the seventy nine year old Jerry Cheevers. 
And 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 just if we're talking about Carey Price, let's talk about Carey Price. We do we have we have Joseph back with us. Welcome back. Yes. <laughs> uh, apologies, I'm having some uh, a wide variety of technical difficulties. My laptop just restarted. Um, but Rick, uh, you when, missed, when I you cut missed off, my you story were... on Jerry Cheevers, which <laughs> it's, that's oh, fine. No. <laughs> that's fine. I, I, that's fine. I don't. I don't think. I don't think I need to know. I don't think I need to hear stories about Jerry Cheevers. I think that everything that has been said about Jerry Cheevers and what he has said about other players, for that matter, including Carey Price this week, I think uh, says all that you need to know. <laughs> well, just what I didn't say and what you might be interested in hearing um, is, you know, he, his, as I said, his mask is, is, is uh, distinctive or was distinctive with the little stitch marks on it. But how he got how he got there how how his mask happened? Well, he was um, he was uh, in in practice one day, um, and a puck hit him in the face. And uh, as the story goes, he was he was never one to miss an opportunity to skip practice. He hated practice, um, and so uh, oh, he got a, you know an innocent shot yeah, towards the face area. So he bolted much in the Tukarask bolt kind of fashion from the crease, bolted to the, uh, the dressing room. And uh, Bruins coach Harry Sinden at the time um, uh, thought, you know, he's been in that dressing room a little too long for such an innocent-looking shot. Uh, so headed back to the dressing room to see if he was coming back to practice. And there were Cheevers. He was fine. He didn't have a mark on him. But he was sitting in the dressing room enjoying a cigarette and a beer because uh, he wasn't coming back to practice. Um, so he wasn't injured. Uh, Sinden ordered him back on to practice. And trainer at the time, to make fun of him, put, drew this little stitch mark as if it was real on his mask. And that's when the whole thing started. Uh, so that says wow. something about... That says something about the character of Jerry Gajevers. And uh, so his comments towards... Carey Price or any Montreal Canadian should be put into context, I would think. But we were just getting to yeah. uh, to Carey Price. We're getting to Carey Price. Yeah, absolutely. And and as you said, the the, the character of Jerry Cheevers, well known. The opposite the opposite end of the spectrum is Carey Price, and we've come to know that. And you think back to last year with with Anderson Whitehead and and that um, you know remarkable story. Um, this time, obviously, with with the tragedy in Nova Scotia still very, very much in, in the hearts and minds of, of all Canadians, Carey Price uh, sent a, a beautiful video message to two boys who um, unfortunately lost their parents in that tragedy. Um, but, but once again, I mean, you see that Carey Price, just a, a remarkable human being and, and Apparently that that was very uh, a very uplifting thing for those for those two boys who are just going through. You can't even imagine what they're going through at this moment. Um, what a what an amazing gesture for Carrie to um, to to record this message and find a way to get to these two young boys. Um, and uh, it's. Uh, um, uh, they were 11 and 10 years old when uh, they lost uh, both of their parents. Um, and Carrie says, and, and I'll, I'll quote, 
Um, I just want to let you know that you're not alone. I'm thinking about you, and you have a lot of people around you that care deeply for you. It's okay to talk to them about your feelings and what you're going through. You can and you will get through this because of the character that was given to you by your parents. I'm hoping the very best for you guys in the future. Good luck. And this isn't something that Carrie uh, put in out in the media and was, you know, uh, looking no. for any publicity. He sent this privately. Um, now, the two young boys live with the old brother, um, uh, uh, Tyler. Uh, Tyler's 27. Um, and uh, it's Tyler uh, who put it on his Instagram. And um, and he's, he, he writes to Carrie Price and said, hey, I just want to let you know how much this meant to my two little brothers. They're still in shock that you said their names. You are an amazing person and the best goaltender in the world. Um, and Carrie um, found out that, that the, the Blair family is, is our, our Canadians fans. And this is his way, what, what he could do to, uh, to help and, and lift your spirits at, a, at an unbelievably difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, once again, it just, it shows the tremendous character of Carey Price and, and, and it was, yeah, truly a remarkable thing to do. Um, uh, Rick, so just moving on, because we do have a lot more to get to in this episode. Um, we have the continued impact of the coronavirus. Uh, obviously not just sports that it's been affecting. It's been affecting a lot of different things, but as it pertains to hockey and the sporting world, uh, we do have a lot of things that were announced this week. Um, so Canadians announced ticket refunds just to go through it rapid fire. And in that sort of way, the Canadians announced ticket ticket refunds. Um, just one moment. Sorry about that. You had the Canadians that announced ticket refunds. You had the NHL board of governors, the teleconference, the NHL, delaying phase two of the return to play until June 1st, Ontario allowing pro teams to open up club facilities. The June draft is all but a certainty at this point uh, as we wait to see what happens with that. Um, Then you have the NHL and NHLPA that announced the global series has been postponed. Um, This impacts the Boston Bruins, the Nashville Predators, the the Jackets, the Blue Jackets, and, and the Colorado Avalanche as well. And in addition to that, the Ontario Hockey Federation has put all minor hockey tournaments on hold until further notice. Um, Rick, I'll ask you uh, very quickly, which one of those or which one, the multiple of those, do you find the most interesting? Well, I think we're, we're, we're finding that, um, you, know, you know, we've gone through a number of these kind of uh, announcements announcements and, and releases and, and uh, you know, should we try remote sites? Should we, should we go to North Dakota? Should we uh, no? Um, should we try the hub city idea? And then there was uh, a lot of pushback from uh, the players on that. Uh, Devin Dubnik, uh, who I mentioned earlier, was, was the most recent player to register his, his disagreement with uh, the, the hub city proposal. Uh, and, and whether it was Brandon Gallagher, or Dale Weiss or, to know, they all said, uh, I'm just not interested in being away from my family for three, four months, uh, particularly the, those uh, teams who, um, you know, for, for the, would be playing meaningless games. So I think what we're hearing is um, that there's probably going to be a move towards um, 
I, I'm, 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 I'm guessing this is where it's going. And, and really, the way this is, is evolving so dynamically and, and changing week to week and day to day, uh, that we're going to see um, uh, the, the NHL uh, skip the, the remaining regular season games, although there's some pressure there from local TV about those, but, uh, and go to a, a, a tournament-style playoff uh, with uh, 24 teams. That would be maybe good news for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, but I, I think that's kind of where we're headed. Um, and, uh, I, you know, the, the, the teams are, are worried about, there's, there's lots of things, uh, the province of Ontario has, has said you can go back to, uh, to practice, but, um, that really only applies to the Raptors because in the NHL, they're saying the teams can't go back until all teams can go back to make it fair. So yeah. even once that happens, that's not likely to happen until the end of May, then there's going to be, you know, a few weeks of training camp, there's going to be quarantines in there. It's, and the difficulty is there was, a, there was talk about continuing the, uh, the season, a regular season and playoffs into November, but now there's the concern about the fall second wave, the coronavirus, and they wouldn't want to shut this down again. So uh, all of these things are having um, uh, effect, um, and, and the whole empty arena when they return is having an effect. So, um, we expected there to be an announcement on Friday. We expected there to be an announcement about the AHL on Friday. Um, didn't happen. Uh, so, so these things are all still, uh, all the information is being taken in uh, and it's being uh, digested and, and talked about with the return of play committee, talked about with the players, the owners, uh, and the GMs. Um, it's, it's, it's going to have to, um, you know, they're going to have to start making decisions. We'll start hearing some of that uh, next week. But I think the one thing that we can pretty well count on is that uh, it looks inevitable that there will be a June draft. There's just such a heavy push uh, from Gary, uh, Gary Bettman about the bigger aspect. Uh, and uh, I, I, however they have to come up with rejigging the rules and the lottery system, the, the issues of conditional picks and all of that, I really think we're going to see a June draft. Yeah, it looks it looks more and more like that as as it sort of uh, draws nearer. Uh, Rick, we'll, we'll take a quick break here on the Canadians Connection podcast, and when we come back, we'll discuss the Montreal Canadiens defense, Alexander Romanov, uh, Miko Lettinen as well, with figures into this conversation. We'll talk about all that after a quick break. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, 
passionate and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. back here on the Canadian Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Um, Rick, so we're going to talk a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens blue line. Um, we had the signing of Alexander Romanov, as you said, we've, we've been waiting on that. We've been, we've been seeing that that was something that was going to happen. It was just a matter of when, not if. And so it became official. No start date known on that because of the current situation. Um, but with that, there's always going to be expectations. There's going to be comparisons. And this week we saw a lot of those um, <laughs> for Alexander Romanov, uh, including the likes of Drew Doughty was thrown out there by uh, apparently a Eastern Conference executive. Uh, that was in an Eric Engels article. Um, and additionally, you had Craig Button say Guy Point is a guy who he ultimately sees as a comparable. Well, I'm just going to go ahead because I think I think we lost Joseph. Um, I, what he was getting to was um, all of the comparisons that have been made, uh, and, and of course, uh, because of his style of play, uh, I think there was um, uh, comparisons uh, about uh, Amelin. There was comparisons with Drew uh, Doughty. Uh, there's even comparisons um, uh, with uh, Mikhail uh, uh, Sergachev, uh, and as uh, Joe alluded to, um, there was uh, uh, Craig Button who said, "No, no, 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 he's Guy Lapointe." Well, uh, Guy Lapointe was was a Hall of, Fam- Hall of Famer and one of the Canadians' uh, top five defensemen of all time. Mikhail um, Sergachev was a, a first round top ten uh, choice. Um, I, my goodness, um, these are pretty, um, these are pretty lofty comparisons. And the, I, I, I we, we get that off, you know, often, but um, what's interesting to me is that the, um, the Canadians are doing nothing to tampen down expectations, which you'd expect for a young player coming over, a young player who, um, you know, has not played a game in, in, uh, in North America. Um, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's odd that the Canadians aren't kind of um, managing expectations uh, as you usually try to do with, and, and, and to protect uh, a young player. 
Um, and, and um, you know, especially a player who, um, when he played for Red Army, uh, we saw at the end of the year in the playoffs, um, wasn't being used. Uh, first game of the playoffs, maybe played nine minutes. And after that, uh, three minutes a game, thereabouts. Um, so if he's not eligible to come back um, and if uh, that doesn't happen until November or December, this is going to be a player who's set out uh, a long time. And, and even when he was playing, wasn't playing very, very much. So to uh, hoist all these expectations uh, on him, I think it is, um, well, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little scary. But but where 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 should where do we see him? Um, obviously, uh, Mark Bergevin has talked about him playing on the third pairing, and that's kind of um, I, I I I I I don't see um, where I mean Craig Button thought he was going to move up and and be uh, you know number two or number three defenseman, and and uh, that's not going to happen for a while if it happens at all. Uh, but but why why was he? Uh, rank where he was during the draft. And I just looked back and, and during that draft, he was ranked 156th by uh, uh, hockey prospects, uh, 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 a really uh, trusted uh, ratings uh, organization. We remember at number 38, uh, 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 Trevor Timmons, uh, the people were astonished taking this, this player who uh, in the second round, um, they thought it was a reach. At um, Romanoff is thought of as as uh, um, a, an undersized player, um, but fearless, tenacious, a um, uh, two way player. Um, he's um, he's very good at gap control. Very good at at recognizing how much time and space he has, and and uh, and, and and adjusting his gap. Um, he's you know the high have been all about his physical play. Um, again, he's not fearless and and, uh, and can um, uh, certainly uh, lay the body checks. Um, he's he's smart. Um, he's uh, you know certainly plays bigger than his size. Uh, good passing ability. Um, and what question is is his uh, offensive potential? Um, we know that he defends at a high level, um, and it's it's assumed that he has a little bit more offense, um, and and that uh, that's that's been untapped. Um, but we really haven't seen that. And I think um, you know when people talk about him being on special teams or being on one of the top units, you might you might want a player who is a little more dynamic than we've seen from Alexander Romanov uh, at this point. And, and I think that's if there's a, if there's a criticism of him, it's that that people don't see an offensive um, elite offensive outside uh, to put him in that category of a Drew Doughty or or a Gila Point uh, for that matter. Um, so I'm we 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 don't watch him. We've watched him uh, play. Um, uh, but we just don't know um, what we're going to get. And I think at this point, um, you know, to, to say he's going to come into the lineup and, and 
you know, you look at the kinds of the players that were drafted ahead of him, particularly in, in, in the first round, a lot of defensemen went in the 2018 draft and you had Rasmus Dahlin going number one overall to, to Buffalo. Um, you had Quinn Hughes, uh, who's already made an impact uh, in Vancouver. You have Evan Bouchard, you have Noel Dobson, um, and uh, 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 Keandre Miller, who we talked about uh, Wisconsin, what, Keandre Miller uh, with New York. He was a, a teammate of Cole Caulfield in Wisconsin. All of those at Rasmus Sandin um, with the, the Leafs, um, just making the jump to the NHL. So um, where is he going to fit? And I just, as I do with all prospects, I want to stress patience. I want to uh, kind of tamp down those those expectations and hope that um, this is going to be a, a, a smooth transition for him um, because you know he's going to come in he's he's um, hasn't played in the Bell Center before so he's going to feel that uh, with the Montreal Canadiens so he's going to feel that energy and let's hope he's not uh, going out of his way um, to uh, to excite the fans and make those hits. Let's hope that he's going to stay over his skates, stay smart, um, stay patient, and uh, stay confident, um, and that that his transition will be a, a nice, smooth, successful one um, with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, now, until we get Joe back, uh, let's kind of, uh, I, th- I think, you know, we talked about who he's going to play with and, and um, um maybe kind of a missed opportunity uh, for the Canadians uh, that they weren't able to pick up um, a, uh, a defenseman, a, a veteran defenseman, a top-notch defenseman, a cost-controlled defenseman like Nico Littman. Um And it's interesting that, that once again, um, the, the, the Maple Leafs have been very successful in, um, in, in, picking up a player who was, who was much coveted by many teams. Uh, New Jersey was thought to be after Miko Lennon. The Canadians, obviously, he was a perfect fit for them. Um, and when you hear Lennon speak, he says that the Leafs are a really good organization. Uh, they're a historic organization. And he thinks that his game will fit well because the Leafs are a skating team. And that's what he considers, uh, that is Lennon, he thinks are his strengths. Uh, well, wouldn't those also fit with with the Montreal Canadiens? Um, historic team, a good skating team, scheme team built on skating, um, and and with the Leafs, it looks like he's going to have to play on his uh, offside, his weak side, uh, the right side, um, uh, and he's done that before in Sweden, but it's not where he is his strongest, and that could have come with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the, I think that the Canadians can learn from this because, you know, we've seen the Leafs jump in before they've jumped in on day of, uh, they jumped in earlier this year. And, um, um, and now with, uh, Miko Lettinen and, and Joe, I, th- I think you're back and, uh, let's, let's hope you're back. Um, yeah. <laughs> welcome back. Um, I, was just... I, I apologize profusely for all these technical <laughs> issues that we've been having on today's episode, but I, I, I'm, I'm hearing the middle of what you were talking about, and I will let you continue. 
No, I was just um, I, I was I was just going to say that uh, Leafs uh, uh, Jim Palafito is is the the Leafs senior director of player evaluation, and he's referred to as the KHL whisperer, um, and he's responsible for bringing in Mikhaev, uh Alexander Barinov in April, and now Miko Letnin, and and he said. And Lettinen said that he developed a relationship with uh, a long, longer-term relationship, at least his agent did, with Leafs. And so I think when the announcement was made uh, between Lettinen and Jokerit uh, that they were going to, uh, they had mutually agreed to terminate the contract, there was probably uh, it had already been decided where he was going to go. Um, one other piece of information on Lettinen. Uh, Lettinen reached out to our the transition to um, the NHL. Um, and again, it's unfortunate that with the Canadians, we mentioned when, when we talked about Lettinen, we talked about um, Armia and, and Lekkonen, and even Koivu being ambassadors for the team, uh, that uh, Mark Bergevin wouldn't make use of, of um, those assets that he has if... Um, uh, you know, he isn't in the same position where he has a KHL whisperer that uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And, and and one thing that I would, would like to add to this conversation, if I could, um, when you look at the Montreal Canadiens and you compare them, because a lot of the conversation that followed the Lettinen signing in Toronto was the Montreal Canadiens fans saying, well, couldn't we get that guy? Why, why are we not getting these guys when you would think when you go to Toronto and you have to play behind maybe Morgan, Riley, you have to play behind Morgan Riley for sure. And then you have Jake Muzzin who plays a bit of a different style than Lettinen and Travis Dermott as well. There's not going to be much opportunity for him to play on his natural side. And I think that was a point that you were making when I, when I got back in here. However, when you look at what the Toronto Maple Leafs, what MLSE owns the Maple Leafs have, have done in a short period of time, they have completely changed the culture that surrounds that team into one that players want to be a part of. Even a player like Lettinen, who's making the jump to North America for the first time in his career, that's a place where you want to be. And I don't know how the past sort of influenced Nico Lettinen's decision, if there was a choice, if the, if the Montreal Canadiens were in the mix at all, I don't know. But the one thing that I do know is that that culture has changed since 2014. Tim Laiwiki came in to MLSE and he appointed Brandon Shanahan as the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs and he appointed Messiah Jiri as the president of the Toronto, or the general manager at the time, now the president of the Toronto Raptors. And from that point on, when you look at MLSE and what they have overseen over the last four years, you were looking at three teams, the Raptors, Toronto FC, and the Argonauts winning championships. Then you have the Raptors affiliate, the Raptors 905, and the Leafs affiliate, the Toronto Marlies, winning championships there. That translates. So when you see that, that is something for me that I think back to that culture change and culture matters. It does, whether or not you want to call it a buzzword, whatever you want, want to say about the word culture in sports, it ultimately matters. And potentially in this case is the reason why a guy made the decision to go somewhere where he might not have been given as many opportunities as he could have been given 
in a situation where the Montreal Canadiens are in desperate need of left-shot puck-moving defensemen, but ultimately he makes the decision to go somewhere where potentially he's heard good things about the organization and, and, and would just want to be a part of it in general. It, it's an excellent point that that, that culture, um, that, uh, that it not only uh, that message uh, of, of what the team is doing um, travels, that kind of news travels quickly, not only in the NHL, but right across the pond to the rest of the hockey world. And for Lennon to come over, um, as you said, uh, um, he's going to be almost a, a guarantee that he's going to be playing on his weak side. Justin Hull and, and Timothy Lilligren are the only right shots uh, that that the um, Toronto Maple Leafs have, uh, but he's willing to do that. He's willing to play on his on his weak side. He has a little bit of experience doing that, but he's also willing to pass on performance bonuses. In this kind of contract, in a one-year ELC, has to accept a minimum. The, 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 the salary would have been the same anywhere. With the Canadians, because they have cap room, could have offered him Schedule A or Schedule B performance bonuses. Could have added that to his contract. The Leafs, because they're tight to the cap, could not. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lennon was willing to forego uh, to pass on the possibility of getting those performance uh, um, bonuses with another team to go to the Leafs. Uh, and, and we're assuming it was number one, because of that relationship that, that they had a long-term relationship established and because of... Uh, and I think that that is, um, that is something that, that really matters here. Um, the fact that the Montreal Canadiens should have been in a position where they could have offered him a little bit more, could have given him a bigger role, all of those things, that, that really, that, that, that's a big part of what's going on right now. The fact that he would have passed up the, the incentives, the performance bonuses, in addition to the playing time on, a natu- on his natural side, that, that says a lot about where the Montreal Canadiens are and how they're viewed from not only the NHL, but outside of it as well. Um, so this, has been a, this is a very interesting uh, conversation about Miko Lettinen and, and sort of what he represents in all of this. Um, but Rick, I think uh, we'll take a quick break here on the Canadian if, Connection if we podcast. Can quickly, if we can just quickly, yeah. uh, we're going to go to break, but just quickly, I know, I know um, where, where is Romanoff going to fit in uh, is always the question. And as we said, he, he, under the current rules, he's not eligible for this season. We're looking at next season. And in between now and then are the Canadians, you know, Christian Folan, um, uh, an unrestricted free agent. Um, uh, is he going to be back? Um, you have uh, uh, Xavier Ouellette, a restricted free agent. Is he going to be back? Um, have Essentially, you're going to have Sherrod and Weber as the top pairing. Uh, Kulak played pretty well with Petrie on the second pairing. He, Romanoff is going to be on that third pairing, but who's he going to be with? Is it going to be Kepler?y Is it going to be Victor Matta playing on his wrong side? Um, yeah. Those are the kinds of the things that um, we're going to be looking at as we get closer to the season starting, whenever the, whenever it whenever it does start. But I think that yeah. in Mark Bergevin's eyes, uh, Romanoff is penciled in for that uh, third pairing on the left side. 
And and that makes sense given the fact. I mean, you don't want to give this guy. And I understand that this is a part of the conversation that I that I may have missed. But this is this is not an opportunity. This is you don't want to give him more than than you should for a guy that's going to be a rookie next season. You don't want to put too much expectations on him. And that's why when you see the comparisons, as I was getting into with Dowdy and with with Gila Point and and whoever whoever you want to compare him to whether it be one of the former Russian defensemen Andre Markov Alexei Emelin whoever it is it's it's dangerous to do that and i think that you're only going to be setting yourself up for disappointment if he doesn't live up to that so let's let's let Alexander Romanov be Alexander Romanov and whatever that is in his rookie season let's appreciate that because the Montreal Canadiens they they've got some help on the way on that left side but he is the guy that you're looking at right now as being potentially someone in the future that can be a, a core group of this team. Um, with all that said, I say we'll wrap this, uh, this segment up and we'll come back and discuss the bracket challenge and much more here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites, Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. And Rick, um, it's continued. Um, our bracket challenge has continued. We're into round two now, and we've had two matchups so far. Um, Zaku Koivu against Richard Zednik, and then last night we posted Brendan Gallagher against Alex Kovalev. Still two more matchups to come. Um, 
Zach Okoivu beat out Richard Zednick, as as you might expect. Uh, Zach Okoivu, uh, I think it, it goes without saying, he is the favorite amongst the forwards, given the fact that he is, you know, uh, <laughs> one of the longest-serving captains in, in the franchise's history. And he's Zach Okoivu. I think that's all that you need to say there. Um, the interesting matchup to me, and when we talked about this before the show, was Alex Kovalev and Brendan Gallagher. Because you sort of have two very, they're, they're very sort of different. They're opposite ends of the spectrum, sort of, in terms of how they played. Um, Gallagher um, has got sort of the recency on his side. Um, and I think that that might have put him over the top here. Uh, he is He was in fine form. He was, he was looking pretty good against Alex Kovalev. I believe he had 66% of the vote at last check. Um, so when you look at that, I mean, and, and there's been comments, uh, one of them saying you just have to look at what Gallagher's done the last few years. He's only 28 years old. He's still got time to go. And then you have uh, someone saying that Alex Kovalev, probably the most skilled forward to play for the Montreal Canadiens, and that 80-point season that he had should put him over the top. Uh, this was, I think, the most intriguing matchup that we've had to this point. Um, but, Rick, what, what were your thoughts on all of it? Well, um, it, it is the most uh, intriguing matchup, and um, uh, I, I, I think it's I, I'm tagged in a in a rather uh, passionate dispute on Twitter um, between a, a couple of Habs fans who are at opposite poles here. Uh, they're they're quite uh, both of them making the case for either Gallagher or Kovalev, and both are quite uh, pretty strong about about making their case. Um, this is this is um, th- this is a fascinating exercise. Um, very, good. I'm very grateful to both you and Mike uh, uh, for putting this together. When we say hi to Mike, we know he listens every week um, in Southern Ontario. I, I think it's uh, I think it's fascinating. Um, the other thing, um, and, and, and uh, I should say, I want to uh, uh, tell the listeners this is that uh, follow. Habs Connection, at Habs Connection. That's our Canadians Connection account on Twitter. That's where you'll get the polls first. They come out every couple of days, and we'll give you a bit of time. Um, and we've got these matchups, these bracket matchups, winners moving on. And, uh, and as you said, now we're into round two. Um, and we're going to have some intriguing matchups uh, coming up as well. Yeah, absolutely, including a pair that played together and were key components of the 2010 Stanley cup run to the Eastern conference final. Um, so that'll be, we'll, we'll post that one up in a couple of, probably a day or so, but that one is going to be very interesting uh, as well. Um, so Rick, uh, anything else you'd like to get to before we sign off for another week here on the Canadian connection podcast? I would, I just want to recognize uh, a couple of the comments and um, uh, this one goes out to, to, um, uh, Wooly, uh, that's half in the bag on, on Twitter, uh, who's obviously listening, listening to the show, and, and thank you for listening, and says, uh, if Romanoff and Flurry end up on a, on a pairing, I want it named Thor's Hammer. These two will be <laughs> lighting up forward all season long, and that would be, that would be, uh, that would be tough to face uh, for opposing forwards. Uh, I'm also going to recognize some of the comments we got on the um, our our Habs fan page on Facebook. 
both uh, with respect to uh, the Canadians being successful signing Alexander Romanov and Dale Costello says, great sign. Just temper the expectations. Don't expect them to fill Markov's shoes right away. Uh, Donna Smith-Wells said, woohoo, welcome to the team. Maricon Fortino said, I watched him in the uh, junior championship. He's very good. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, we have fans not so happy uh, that the, the Canadians missed on Miko Lettin. Um one Fiora says uh, they just don't get it. They need a uh, veteran defenseman. Art Pollard says Bergevin's got to go. This continues to be a major issue. Uh, Alan Hussein says, I wonder what Bergevin's excuse will be this time. It's so frustrating for us. Now, we have, we have some of our, our fans who uh, can't, can't, bear, can't waste a, a, an opportunity to take a shot at the least. Uh, Alan Lacroix says he's a Leaf, so he won't do much. Uh, he just cursed his career by joining the Maple Leafs. Uh, Tony, Tony Keo says, um, why are we even talking about this? Uh, a signing of an unknown for a one year for the last. Well, um, not really an unknown. He's, as, as we've said many times, best defenseman uh, in Europe. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your interactions on Twitter. On, um, on Facebook, and also, uh, for those of you, we have some emails uh, and texts that we don't have time to get to this week, but text us. We uh, love getting them. We read everyone, and um, we reply as we can to them. Our text line, the Rocket Sports text line, 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Uh, and remember, Rocket Sports Radio is on all podcast uh, platforms. We've got a great uh, episode of from the press box coming up on Tuesday as well. Boy, I think I've said enough for a week, and I'll, I'll leave it to I'll leave it to you to wrap up, Joe. Well, as you said, uh, you can find all you can find this podcast as well as from the press box and all your favorite podcast platforms. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio, hit the subscribe button, and it'll be on Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play. Um, and Rick, before we go. I guess we'll wish a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, um, and especially because, you know, there's people being socially distanced, perhaps mothers being separated from children, um, you know, as they, they when they're older. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in, in, this, in this instance, uh, in this, on this Mother's Day, we want to wish every mother out there a happy Mother's Day. And uh, once again, as we do every week here on the Canadians Connection podcast, just want to thank everyone for listening. And, of course, thank all the frontline workers that continue to do um, tremendous, a tremendous service uh, for all of us. So, uh, Rick, with all that said, we'll say goodbye for another week here on an eventful episode of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.